Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are currently in the midst of our drawn-in sermon series where we are diving into how our creating God calls us to live creative lives with Him. Listening as a part of creativity is about perceiving. We open our senses to see what is emerging. Perhaps what we start doesn't end up looking like what we thought it would. Instead, once the act of creating begins, we listen to how the Spirit is guiding our next steps and unfolding possibilities we were previously unaware of. Without paying attention in this way, we act as if we have all the answers. And when we are up against something that doesn't go our way, we see it as a negative. But what if those moments are simply God inviting us to see new ways of moving forward in our lives? Today, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from Acts 16 and how listening is more than audibly hearing God and challenges us to become more in tune with the Spirit of God and where God can lead us when we truly listen. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. you pray with me. Lord God, as we worship you together this day, we ask that you would continue to open our ears that we might hear your voice clearly in our midst, that you would open our eyes that we can see you clearly in our hearts, that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So these past few weeks, we have been talking about the creative ways that we get to dream and be a part of God's creation and creating within and around us. Part of that, that looks a lot of different ways in a lot of different spaces in our lives. Part of that, I got some asked some questions this morning about how I prayed this morning to our co-creating God and what does that even mean? When we talk about being co-creators with God, we are talking about the ways that God, who is the creator of all that is and all that has ever been, invites us to take part in that process when we share what God has given to us and create something new. Now, that might be creating with God by creating more love in the world as we share the love that God gives to us. It also might look like creating in our garden. We all know that neither you nor I have a green enough thumb to make things grow in the garden all on our own. But when we work with our hands and we till the soil and we pull the weeds, if you do that, we are co-creating with God as we care for and nurture creation. And so as we talk about what it means to be co-creators with God, we are aware that God invites us in large and small ways to be a part of living this creative and creating life alongside God. Now, there are a lot of ways we do that. And this week, I want to talk about some of the specific ways that we are invited and drawn in closer to God by talking about the art of listening, And when I talk about the art of listening, I'm not just talking about the kind of listening that maybe your mother always lectured you about when she told you to pay close attention to every word she said. Now, that's important too, so I think most of the children left, but just in case, I'm not saying you shouldn't pay close attention to the words the people around us speak. But listening is about more than that, isn't it? 
It's about being open to all that is around us. It's about being willing and able to perceive what is happening around us. Because listening as a part of creativity is about how we open and are open to our senses being stimulated, to see what is emerging around us by perceiving it. That doesn't mean always hearing it. As much as good listening can also be about how we feel things or sense them or even see them. Most of us, we know this, right? We know that active listening is and always will be something that requires us to do things like keep eye contact with people when we are communicating or to pay attention to details like tone or inflection or volume. We know that active listening is about more than the things that we hear. It's about our body language. And sometimes it's about the things that aren't said that we don't hear too, isn't it? Now, while we know these things, I wonder, and I name and I outline these things because I wonder how many of us apply these things we know that shape how we communicate and listen with and to one another How many of us apply those things to how we communicate with God? To how we are engaged with the spirit of God that is around and within us? Are we listening to the creative ways that God is speaking to us? Because I don't know about you, but I have never had the opportunity to hear some big, booming voice in the sky. Although sometimes I think that would be really nice, wouldn't it, when we're looking for direction or clarity? But sometimes I think that we get so much caught up in wishing that that was the way that things happen or wanting the ways that we communicate to be that clear that we forget that not everybody, even in scripture where we have lots of those stories, not everybody gets that big, clear, booming voice, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't speak to us. It's up to us, though, to make sure that we are listening for the other creative ways that God longs to speak to us. And so today we're going to read, I'm going to read from the book of Acts and one of the stories about people who are following God who are listening to and for God's will, but who also don't get that big booming voice. Now, this story is about Paul and Timothy. They are missionaries, and they were off heading their way towards Asia, and it talks a little bit about where they go and some of these words and places that are hard to read. But as we hear this, I want you to listen for the ways that they are listening for God's voice. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 6, tells us that Paul and his companions traveled throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. When they approached the province of Mysia, they tried to enter the province of Bithyana, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas instead. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood, urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news 
to them. Here ends our reading in which we have no big, booming voice in this story. And yet I wonder, as we read it, if anyone else noticed that verse 6 tells us that they were listening. They had to have been listening because it tells us that the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. It kept them from it. And then it goes on to tell us in verse 7 that they tried to enter the province of Bithynia. I don't know how to say that word. I'm not going to lie. But they tried to enter this other province, and the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them, it says. It wouldn't let them. Now, has anyone ever listened to God or prayerfully tried to figure out where God was letting you, and you thought, geez, I can't, God is just not wanting me to do this thing? Because if you've ever had that experience, I imagine it was similar to this. And it's not like they were walking along and they got to the province of Asia and they thought, oh, there's a wall there and we just physically can't go. How do you think they knew that the Spirit of God wanted them to do something different? They were listening to the Word of God, to the prompting of God, to the invitation of God, and they knew that there were other ways that God would speak to them without or beyond the booming voice in the sky we want. It's kind of intense, isn't it, when it tells us that they were prevented from going? It makes me wonder if anyone else has ever had something that you wanted to do or maybe something that you either wanted to do or a place you wanted to go, and then suddenly for a reason you couldn't explain you knew that you were not supposed to do that. Not because it was wrong or bad, but it just wasn't the right next step. I imagine that kind of listening is exactly what happened with these missionaries. I imagine they were listening for the ways that God could and would continue to use them and to speak through them. And they knew that while they hoped to go into Asia, that maybe that wasn't the calling on their lives. And now most of us are not missionaries and we not, might not be looking for the next village that God is calling us to go and spread the gospel in. The truth is, I think God speaks to us in these exact same ways. I think that God speaks to us when we are listening by inviting us to pause and to pray and to pray not just with our words, but by creating silence and space for God to speak. By creating a space of stillness when maybe you can feel that wrestling in your gut that tells you when something's a little off or when something's really good in an unexpected time or place. I believe that our instincts, while there's no scientific proof, proof of this, obviously, I believe our instincts are God-given and that when we pause and we pray about how and where God wants us to go or what decision God is leading us to make, that God helps us by helping us know in our gut what those right things are. Now, that's not foolproof, obviously. So we have to be careful. But if I'm honest, I don't think I have ever prayerfully followed a gut instinct and had it be wrong. Not if I was listening anyway. Now, that is far from the only way God speaks to us. It's perhaps, as a more intuitive person, my favorite way that I think God speaks to me. But there are lots of other examples we could give. 
There are examples about how we have those delightful but sometimes surprising uh, moments when someone might approach you, a friend or maybe even a stranger who comes up to you and gives you an assurance that you didn't even know you needed but is just the right for that moment. Or those moments when you suddenly are sure that you know something, even if you're not sure how or why you knew it. Anybody ever had that happen? I'm not talking about the kind of certainty that creates fake news in the world. I feel like that should be named, and I hope you can laugh about that. I'm talking about that internal voice and compass and guide that assures us when we're on the right path. The one that helps a mom have just the right words or a grandma, or a mentor, or an aunt, when your child is having a hard day, and there are no, there's no way on the face of the earth you know exactly what should be said in that moment, and yet you find a way to comfort them anyway. It's similar to the way I feel as a pastor each and every time I walk into a hospital room, for example, and I have done this hundreds, probably thousands of times, that I walk into a hospital room to pray with or meet with a family as one example of many. And I got to tell you, if I knew in advance what I was going to get into or hear or see or do when I got there, I would have no idea what I was going to say. So how do we prepare for these difficult, unexpected moments? For me, that looks like pausing every time I get to the hospital and saying a silent prayer before I get out of my car even and enter the building. I pray that God will give me the words and the guidance and the comforting presence and whatever else we may need that is unforeseen in those moments. Because the truth is, there is nothing we can do to train or be fully prepared on paper for some of the situations in life that we encounter. And we know that if we are willing to listen to and follow God, we are capable of doing more than we imagine anyway. Of being more of the hands and the feet and the presence and the love of God than we could ever imagine. But only if we are first willing and able to listen. Listening always has to come first. And that's true in these moments that we could all, I think, give examples of. Just like it's true in any moment of creating something. I listen with my ears and my prayers and my heart and even my body when I'm going to create something, right? It's why we always pause for prayer. I always pray before I stand up to read, to preach my, or share my sermon on a Sunday, for example. I take a silent moment before I even get out of the pew, not because I haven't already prayed. I promise you, I can't count the number of times I've prayed when I was preparing what to write today. But I pray because I want God to surprise me. Anyone who's ever seen the manuscript of my sermon knows that I never actually read it. But I pray that God will equip me anew in every passing moment with the words to say, the gifts to lead, and the opportunity to grow. Things I can only do if we listen to God first. Things that we can only do if we are willing not only to let God help us be right, but to acknowledge that sometimes we're going to be really wrong too. And while I jest a little, I'm not going to call anyone out. Some of us are more wrong than others. Am I right? 
All of us were right about something this week. All of us were probably wrong about things this week. But the truth is, without paying attention, without listening for the voice of God within and around us and others, the truth is it's hard to know what the distinction is in those moments, in those gray areas of life, isn't it? It's hard to know if we're on track in our lives about the big and the small things in life. It's hard for us, and it was hard for these missionaries in Acts. In fact, Paul and Timothy, the missionaries, hard at work spreading the gospel throughout all of the land, they knew this. It's why even though the passage doesn't tell us that they were praying often, I'm guessing it doesn't tell us that because it was so much a part of their being that they really never stopped. We know they were praying because they were listening enough to hear God when they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to go. While I appreciate uh, all of the ways that they are listening in this story. The thing I appreciate about the most is here is not just that God kept them from going, but also that they were actively listening for direction, even though it wasn't the one they wanted. And not only did they hear it, but they obeyed. Have you ever been going along in life? Sure, here are my goals. This is what I want to do. God has called me. God has led me. God is teaching me. God is equipping me. This is my life plan, and I can't wait to live it out. And then something happens along the road, and your life plan goes this way instead. It's not easy in those moments, is it? That's what happened here. As the missionaries were sure that they were called, they were prayerful, they were intentional, they were faithful, and they were going to share the word of God in Asia. And God said, nope, go over here instead. Now, we don't know, of course, how or why they knew that, but we know by the results that came that it was faithful. In fact, right after we are told that they changed direction again, we are told that Paul had a vision. Oh, isn't it wonderful that he has a vision? There's clarity in that. I do wonder sometimes, though, if he'd have had that vision, if he hadn't already been listening, if maybe one thing led to the other. In this case, it doesn't tell us exactly what Paul's vision looks like, so we won't pretend to know. We don't know if he stopped in the street or if he had a dream. We don't know. But what we do know is that all along, Paul had been praying and listening and watching and discerning, always open to whatever the Spirit was going to do next, always listening. And I wonder how many opportunities we, you and I both, are missing when we aren't always listening because it's hard and sometimes a little exhausting to listen all the time, right? Especially when we know that if we're listening, God might change our path a little and I'm comfortable where I am. When we get distracted or we get busy or maybe we get overconfident, we miss moments of clarity that God would have wanted us to have. And I wonder if when we miss these moments from our own lack of openness to the spirit that's within and around us, I wonder, well, I wonder if we're missing other things too. 
if we're missing things, not because God isn't there or God isn't speaking, but because sometimes when things don't go our way or the message isn't how or what we anticipated, we can see that as negative or as God not responding because it's not how we wanted God to respond. But what if it isn't? What if we knew and understood and believed that, well, yes, the truth is things might have been okay if Paul and Timothy went with their original plan and they went to Asia anyway. Things probably would have been okay and they might have even had some amazing, powerful stories of God working through them because even when we make the wrong choice, God goes with us. But how much more powerful is their story? How much more able are we uh, are we to invite God to create with us, to use us, to love through us, when we follow God's prompting. That's what happened in this story. If we kept reading in the passage, we know that Paul and Timothy got into the land where God had led them, where the vision had told them to go. And we are told, if we keep reading, that they gathered by the city gate on the Sabbath day with some God-worshipping people. The city, they were on the outside the city of all cities of Philippi. Philippi may be, uh, I'm just going to name this, an important city or example because the book of Philippians in the New Testament is actually a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the city of Philippi. And this is the only known time that the Apostle Paul ever went to that city. And he started Christianity in that region. We are told that after he saw the vision, he went forth to proclaim the good news to this place where God had called him. And because he listened, we know who the Philippian people are. We have the words of the book of Philippians to encourage us. And as a result, not only do we know who they are, but this faithful Christian community was created through the power of God in Paul. And one of those beautiful moments as they gathered outside the city gate to share the gospel was when the woman by the name of Lydia, she was, as I said, a God worshiper. So she was Jewish, who was a dealer in purple cloth. And we are told that as she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Do you hear that? That she only, she, one of the first converts whom we are told is baptized with her and all of her family, first had to listen. And when she listened, God enabled her. The first time she heard the word and the story of the life of Jesus. She became a Christian who went on to help start the Christian movement for the Philippian people. God enabled her. Now, friends, I don't know where you are on your journey, maybe, but my guess is that we all need to listen a little more. Maybe you are Lydia, and you need to hear good news that you had no idea was coming your way. Or maybe you're like Paul and you need to change direction in your life entirely. Maybe you're someone else who's called to listen in ways that only you know. 
Wherever you are on that journey, the truth is we know that we are better able to live and to love and to create alongside God when first we are able to listen. And so I wonder how God may be calling you to listen more or to listen differently. To listen with our ears, yes, but also with our hearts and with our eyes, maybe with an open mind ready to be directed or redirected by the Holy Spirit at any given moment. Friends, this day, this week, this lifetime, that's my hope and prayer, is that we would today and always be open to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding and moving and creating within and around us, and that we would do that by first being open to God's invitation to see and hear new ways of living, serving, and moving forward in our lives. As we listen together, let us listen through a word of prayer. Won't you pray with me? Faithful God, this and every day may you help us not only to be hearers of your word and sharers of your word, but also to be your people who listen and who are guided by your love and your light. Help us, O God, to hear your voice, be it still and small or large and booming, that we might follow you all the days of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.